Let's talk about sanctions. You know, sanctions were really meant to be the way that the West countered um, Russia's aggression in Ukraine, the way that Russia could be, in some ways, forced to stop, forced to obey international rules. Um, today, the G7 announced that they'll be continuing to impose economic costs on Russia uh, for what they call Moscow's brutal expansionism. Um, and if you remember a, a few days back, you know, if you remember in the early days after the invasion, I mean, the sanctions were unprecedented. I don't like that word, but they were. They really were. Um, the U.S., the European Union, Canada all played a role. Uh, they were severe sanctions against the country's financial system, essentially cutting it off from the world's financial system. The ruble fell to a record low against the U.S. dollar. The Russian Central Bank doubled its interest rates. The Moscow Stock Exchange was closed for days. And that effort continues. Joe Biden said earlier this week, the U.S. and its partners, including us, Canada, will announce more sanctions against Russia this week. But what impact have the sanctions actually had? Because Russia's economy, while it did wobble a little bit at the beginning, seems to have found its footing. High energy costs saw revenues jump. There have clearly been major impacts and there will be major challenges ahead, but the economy has not collapsed. So just how dissuasive have these sanctions been? Well, to help us answer that, I'm joined by John Boscariel. He's head of McCarthy Tetro's International Trade and Investment Law Group. He's also an expert on international sanctions. John, thank you. It's great to be back, Ben. I guess if we just can start at the beginning and talk about what we've seen over the last 12 months when it comes to sanctions against Russia and just how uh, severe and unprecedented, to use an overused word, they are. Yeah, I, I think just looking back now, you know, it's been a year. I don't think anyone would have anticipated the severity or impactfulness of these measures. And and what I mean by that is we have never sanctioned a country that has been so integrated into the international financial system as Russia has been. And I think when the measures came down from Canada and the allies, we very quickly saw just how impactful they would become. So thousands of individuals and companies, including big Russian banks, added to the sanctions list, prohibitions on providing goods, eventually providing a range of services to Russia, and even some unique measures we've never seen before, including you know, now Canada's Canada's actually a leader in this, their proposed expropriation of assets of listed Russian oligarchs and use and forfeiting those assets and using those assets for the rebuilding of Ukraine. That is a unique measure in sanctions. So we've really seen not just a quantitative expansion in sanctions, but a qualitative one. We've seen new measures being used here, which is has really been a fascinating development. We knew from the get-go that these wouldn't have, this is not the equivalent of dropping an economic bomb on a country, that these sanctions take time to, to have their impacts. What kind of impact have they had and what about it uh, has surprised you both ways, both, uh, both good and bad? You know, most people, when they look at what's happened, might say that sanctions have had little impact. Russia is still in Ukraine. They are threatening to expand their invasion of Ukraine. It's been getting more intense. And so most people may say, well, you know, wh why bother with the sanctions? I think all of that being said, there is signs emerging now that they are having an impact. And, 
you're right. We didn't expect uh, Russia to withdraw in response to these sanctions right away. But the Russian economy shrank. GDP shrank by 5% in 2022. Um, they're expecting an even worse contraction in their economy in 2023. I think we're slowly seeing the impacts of this on Russia. Whether that means in 2023, Russia will withdraw is is anybody's guess. I, I think by the time 2023, the end of 2023 rolls around, we could still be here talking about this. That's That's very possible. But there is a moral imperative here too, that countries want to take a stand, a moral stand. They don't want their companies trading with Russia. They don't want their companies uh, funding directly or indirectly the invasion of Ukraine. And so even from a moral point of view, I think that is driving a lot of the sanctions measures we're seeing being put in place now. Given the scope and the breadth of the uh, of the sanctions that have been placed and the sanctions regime that exists within each country, how effectively have different governments such as Canada been at explaining what these sanctions mean to companies that may or may not be, you know, may have done business or want to or are? And how good have we have we been at enforcing them? Because it feels like we put in a whole lot of measures, but we didn't necessarily have the infrastructure there to back them up just yet. Yeah, I, I think that's been a bit of a chronic problem for Canada. So when we look at uh, enforcement authorities in other jurisdictions like the United States, the United Kingdom, the European Union, there is a more comprehensive or sophisticated infrastructure for administration of these sanctions. Uh, notwithstanding that, I would say Canada has been a very aggressive player here, and they've implemented sanctions to, in some cases, more aggressively than the United States or the United Kingdom and other allies. We have sanctioned banks and other individuals that are not sanctioned by those other countries for, for various reasons. So, you know, on the one hand, I think Canada has certainly been out there leading the charge in terms of the kinds of measures, the breadth of measures that are being imposed. And certainly it's clear that the Canadian government wants to be seen as a leader in that area. On the other hand, behind the scenes in terms of building the infrastructure that's necessary, I think for, for many years that's been a problem in Canada under both conservative and liberal governments. Having a proper infrastructure that where there can be advice and guidance given to companies on how to comply with these measures. Enforcement is another issue, and that's an important issue as well. I, we're not seeing uh, a lot of enforcement in public on the Canadian side. I think behind the scenes, there's likely more enforcement going on. But I do think now that we have been expanding over this past year, the breadth of measures and the number of measures against Russia, I think we're going to see a push, not just in Canada, but across the jurisdictions of the ally countries. We're going to see a push towards uh, more enforcement and dealing with circumvention. So, for example, uh, shipping product to countries that may not be sanctioned, but that product simply moving through to Russia. That's becoming an issue in Europe. Uh, I would expect that the European, UK, US, and even the Canadian governments are going to be looking at a looking uh, very much closer at that issue around circumvention. So coming in 2023, we may see more enforcement action.
John, I mean, this is a, a long story about other countries that have sort of managed to muddle along under, you know, under under heavy sanctions such as Iran and North Korea, with the help usually of some uh, of the usual suspects in those cases. Uh, how much help do you think Russia's getting here, and how much is that helping Russia sort of avoid the worst of the impact of these, at least in the short term? Yeah, I, I think in the short term there are certain countries that may be used as a means of getting product to Russia. So we may see shipments to countries in the surrounding region of Russia that on their face seem intended for end use in those countries, but really are moving through those countries and going to Russia. And that's always going to be a challenge from an enforcement point of view. And I think it's a matter of the authorities taking a harder look at that and devoting more resources to that. And that's usually, that that's not unexpected. We've seen that with other sanctions targets like North Korea and Iran, for example, a lot of product moving through uh, UAE going to Iran. I think both enforcement authorities and companies that are trying to comply with these laws start to recognize those patterns and adjust their behaviors accordingly. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some major enforcement action on the circumvention side in the coming months. What could that look like? I mean, if one looks at countries, um, you know, I, I believe there have been shipments, at least, you know, uh, reports of shipments from Turkey, different countries being used. You know, there's money to be made, right? So people clearly where there is that, there will be attempts to circumvent. Uh, what might the enforcement look like? Because um, the countries wielding these sanctions are countries with incredible economic power, uh, especially as a collective. Yeah, I think we'll see two aspects of that. One, politically, there will be pressure imposed on those countries. Turkey may be one, but but there could be a number of others pressure imposed by the allies on those countries for uh, them to increase their enforcement and monitoring of that type of activity. And, and we have to remember, you know, really Canada, the United States, the UK, the European Union, and perhaps Australia they're used to dealing with sanctions measures. They're leaders in this area on, uh, in at least implementing them and in some cases enforcing them. A lot of these countries uh, where we see imports you know, coming in and then being sent to Russia, they don't have the infrastructure, the resources necessarily to monitor that or the expertise. But I, I think there will be pressure put on them to increase that monitoring. And the second aspect will be the pressure and onus being put on the companies themselves. I think this has been growing in the last 10 years or so, but now it's really going to come to a head where a company is going to have greater responsibility on understanding where their goods, where their technology ends up. And that means doing due diligence on your purchasers and your business partners and your distributors to ensure that your product, whether it's you know, a consumer product or a more sensitive product, is not ending up in Russia in violation of sanctions measures against Russia. There were some fairly stern words from the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken this week towards towards China. China, of course, has been looking perhaps at uh, at supplying more to Russia. We don't know how much they're supplying to Russia right now, other than that uh, trade seems to be up. Um, could this expand? If, if um, Could this sort of use of sanctions turn into something more like economic uh, battle if, if China were to start to show more support for Russia here, do you think? Yeah, I think 
China is going to be proceeding fairly carefully in that manner. China generally on the public stage has been opposed to sanctions, whether they're against China or other parties. And, and I, I do think there's an interest on the part of China, uh, perhaps not to be, I wouldn't go as far as saying to be neutral, but I think they're going to proceed carefully because they're getting the signals now from the United States and others that they're cooperation with Russia, their assistance to Russia in evading sanctions will lead to measures against China. Uh, and I, I think, you know, I can tell you for a number of reasons, we're keeping an eye on uh, sanctions against China from the Canadian perspective. One of the biggest is the extent to which China is going to be viewed as assisting Russia in circumventing sanctions is going to be one trigger for potential sanctions against China. Of course, others include helping North Korea evade sanctions, the potential activities with respect to Taiwan, or even human rights violations in the Xinjiang region. But that is at the top of the list, I think, in terms of other countries monitoring what China is doing. And if if indeed the evidence grows that China is assisting in the evasion of these measures, um, China itself could find that it's the target of sanctions. Well, John Buscariel, thank you so much for your insight on this, as always. No problem at all. Great to be here again, Ben. It's important to look back over the last year and realize just how different this set of sanctions has been. I mean, the sanctions against countries such as Iran and North Korea in the past, I mean, they were slow going. They didn't always work. They certainly weren't always enforced properly. There was lots of ways around them, specifically for North Korea. But the sanctions imposed against Russia have been phenomenal. Are they working? Russia has lots to sell. Russia, Russia has friends, right? Some. Um, it's been tough. But we'll see what happens over the next year, because one gets the impression that it's this next year where the where the sanctions are really going to start to be refined and the enforcement of them is going to be refined as well. 